This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. So what's up, man? You're off for a week, living a life of leisure like you usually do. What's, uh, what's the deal? I had to do a solo pod. I was forced to go solo. People are listening to just me talking to myself into the ether. Not even a Skype call. I was just hit record on GarageBand and just started talking. I'm, I'm almost as solipsist as it is. And then you start doing that, then I'm just going to devolve completely into my own world. Yes, I missed you very much, Liz. Um, I listened to the solo pod. It was probably the first uh, Real Man Wood podcast I've ever listened to because I don't like to you know, hear myself. Uh, enjoyed it very much. Well done. Uh, now we're you're in, we're in good hands. We're in good uh, good hands. If I would have to miss some time, because uh, well done. And um, yeah, I've uh, I was on vacation a little bit, but I've been um, jumping on some pods. Uh, Rotowire too. I had Rotowire's Jerry Donabedian on as my first guest for like each having guests on throughout summer for each of the Roto. Oh, sorry, the Yahoo five of us for each hosting. And uh, Jerry was my first guest, and I uh, thought that went pretty well. And then I was on uh, Alan's pod, like you were uh, as well. So that was like 45 minutes of talking Fuck, about man. myself. So, uh, that- Don't let fucking anybody on that shit. I thought it was like an exclusive. Alan reaches out to me. I'm like, this is a big deal. I'm on this new show. I see they'll fucking let anyone on that show now. How disappointing. Yeah, uh, there were, were plenty of list questions, and he did not say that it was like one of the greatest moments of his life like he did when you were on the show. All right. Well, that, no, actually, I know that because I actually watched it. I thought it was good. He's a good interviewer. He's actually a skilled interviewer. He should totally prepared. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was easy. For sure. and, and it has just a very easy way about him. I, I felt it was, uh, it was good. I thought it was a good interview that you did, too. I thought uh, it came out well. And uh, you seemed a little embittered about doing the Real Man Pod. You sort of made it sound like it was being in a prison gang breaking rocks. You know, like one of those. I apologize. <laughs> I, I thought afterward. I apologize. I come across that. I, I, no, I, I'm a fan of the pod, as he said. No, no, no. I love the, I love you, and I love the pod. <laughs> I, was, I, was like, I was like, no, it's all right. It's all right. No, look, dude, don't apologize. You're just telling the truth. I was like, I was like, oh, this is like, this is some hard work. This is a hard, hard labor this dude is doing on this pod. So, no, you, hey, you are mentally exhausting, and I, I will absolutely not back off that uh, stance. But no, I'm sorry if I came across that. No, 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 don't apologize. Don't apologize. I'm just, I just, I was, it was a good, I thought it was a good interview. I thought it was good. I, I liked your point about projections ruining drafts. I actually make my projections the way I would draft. I like retroactively just change them. I fudge them. Like I will actually just move guys like James White down, even though James White projects really well because he's a PPR back. But I'm like, I'm not going to draft that dude where he projects. So I'll just artificially give him like 51 catches instead of 65 just to put him where I would actually draft him. 
Yeah, well, that makes total sense. And you're just doing the rankings first and then basing the projections off that, which is totally <laughs> – uh, totally makes sense. One other big thing before I want to get into what you've been up to, Liz, is I got it. We got a puppy. Uh, my my family. It's just been two days. Um, dog already had some stomach issues, and my wife had had her tested at the vet for parvo already. You know, I'm a very concerned parent already, but um, very exciting. We have an eight week old French bulldog named Kobe. Uh, addition to the to the Dalton house here, so that's that's been fun. But man, uh, it's another responsibility here taking on a puppy who uh, you know hasn't house trained and all that. So that that's been fun and another responsibility here. Right before football season, right when I'm getting that's why I took some vacation because now you know is when the theoretically the busy season picks up if uh, the theoretical football season happens. So we're getting a dog too in a couple of weeks. You know, we we really gave Sasha a raw deal. First of all, she's an only child, so like right, a puppy is right. like a sibling to her. And she said, you know, last summer we we house sat in L.A. and we let uh, the L.A. people, our friends, stay in Portugal in our apartment. And they had a dog, so we took care of the dog. This is the one that had a diabetic dog who just, I don't want to say luckily, but it just so happened that the diabetic dog died in May of last year. So we didn't have to deal with the insulin shots and stuff. I was like, I guess I can do it. I don't know. I mean, I'll I'll follow the instructions, I guess. But I wasn't looking, you know, I was probably going to die on our watch. Well, it died in May. But they had another dog. Billy, who was this mutt, I think she was a mutt, but she's a great dog. And we said to Sasha, this is last summer when she was seven, we said, if you can do a good job taking care of the dog, like walk it, clean up the dog shit, all that stuff, then you will get you a dog, you know, soon, like reasonably soon. And she did a great job. She was really good with it. I mean, surprisingly good. And then, you know, we sort of put it off. Heather really didn't want one because we travel a lot and all this stuff. And then, like, she was, like, crying about it a lot. And then she was, like, your eighth birthday. And then her eighth birthday comes in February and goes and still no dog. So now she put the, she put the, uh, threw the gauntlet down on us a couple of weeks ago through a fit. And now we're, like, all right, we'll get it. So by early September, we're going we're gonna to get a dog. Nice. Hey, I recommend it. Uh, my daughter just absolutely loves it off the, was been on the phone too much this summer and is now she's just in love with this dog, worried about every little thing and it's cute. And I, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's a cool, it's a, you know, theoretically this should be the dog they grow up with, you know, uh, since I say that we're already testing for some serious disease, but um, yeah, so it's, it's pretty cool. She's like uh, three pounds right now and pretty cute, but quite fragile and a uh, so yeah, so that's that's what what the news is for me. And how about you, man? Since we last talked, it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been pretty chill here. You know, we went uh, we went away for a weekend, and but nothing really to report. Obviously, the Bitcoin holdings are doing quite nicely. That's good. Oh, yeah, yeah. My yeah. market puts are almost dead. I mean, I'm not going to get rid of them, but October's looking like I don't know. It's still a long time, but. The mar- you know, I, it's so funny because I, I thought like the basic thesis of the Bitcoin people and was kind of my thesis is like, this is a fake economy. The next time it crashes, they're going to print a ton of money and there's going to be inflation and Bitcoin's going to go to the moon. That was sort of like just the basic thing. Like there's going to be a crash because it's debt driven economy. They didn't know COVID was going to happen. COVID happens, accelerates the crash. They start printing trillions of dollars, and the price of everything goes up. Gold is through the roof, silver's through the roof, Bitcoin's through the roof, the S&P is through the roof. Everybody is just buying anything with their money that's inflating. Even food prices are way up. And that was sort of just a basic thesis. But then I started reading all these guys who were all these deflationists, and the, the argument for that is, well, well, there's all these defaults. You, know, you, you loan money into existence, defaults contract money. They take money out of existence. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to sell my stocks. There's going to be another crash, whatever. So stocks bad, Bitcoin good. It's a mixed bag. 
But I've just been looking at that, basically. I sold my Square stock at 60. It's at 150 now, three months later. And that's given me like an ulcer watching that stock go up. I know it's a fake yeah. market, but dude, I mean, you sell it at 60, it's at 150 three months later. Kidding me? Yeah, that's rough. I can, yeah, yeah. It's like me owning shares of Josh James and Lance McCullers getting lit up uh, in, in both main events. Not, not super happy with those guys. Uh, yeah, a stock going that, I could only imagine how infuriating you get. Three months later, it's like, it's not like it's not like five years later. It, it went up to two and a half x. Right, it was three right. months yeah. later, and it was just like I was like I had it was the only stock I had. I was like I'm out of the market, but I just have Square. And then it went down to 38 from like, you know, 80 something. I bought it at 64, went down to 38. I was like, holy crap. It started going up to 60 and like toggling around there. I was like, all right, you know what? I'm out. I just want to get out of the market. I'll break, you know, I lost a little bit of money, 64 to 60, but not much. And now it's at 150. It's just 154 or something. It's just really, really frustrating. So I, I bragged to my wife as soon as Bitcoin hit 12,000 and then it crashed $1,600 in 10 minutes, uh, literally, uh, after that. So I'm done with, with the talking and, and, and prices. I've learned my lesson there. So uh, I, I will say I'm pretty confident, though, in how that's how that is looking right now. I mean, that um, I mean, well, more people are talking about it. Dude. Uh, it's getting just advertised on different levels. And I mean, it just points. And I mean, the stock to flow charts right on point. Um, I don't know, man. It looks pretty exciting. The dudes that I've been reading, and again, this is do your own research. As I said, square stock, stock market, I've been wrong about this stuff. So don't look to me as like the guru of finance, financial stuff. Tesla but, produced some, uh, some chatter from our last pod. The Tesla yeah, stock. yeah, right. I, I still think Tesla's a total fraud, but who knows? And also, you know, Tesla's a cult stock, just like Bitcoin's kind of a cult thing. And a lot of, you know, prices, Warren Buffett would say, you know, in the short term, the market's a voting machine, and in the long term, it's a weighing machine. But, like, if the short term extends five years, it may, you know, that I told you the other quote, which was, the market can stay irrational longer than you can stay solvent. And especially if a put that's dated October, I'm probably not going to hit that either. Anyway, I bought it for 500 It's worth 100 now. So that's, that's how low that is. But some of the Bitcoin guys I follow just think, like, this next run-up, now that there's real infrastructure and it's bigger and the economy's printing, they're printing money that, you know, these thousand dollar a day moves are like, whoa, it's up a thousand today. He's like, get ready for $10,000 a day moves. You know, this is going to be like, it went up from 60 to 75 today or whatever. Like it's going to be bananas. Now, again, it's just my opinion and do your own research, but uh, it's a crazy time and I don't know what's going on, man. I mean, I, I keep feeling like everybody, every moron like you know the dave portnoy and all his guys are just buying stock like oh it can't go down keep buying keep buying those guys always get wrecked they always get wrecked historically the guy who's just like in on the late bubble you know when the when the cab driver and the barber giving you stock tips like that's who loses the money that's the way the system set up is to get those people roped in and take their money that's that's just like the nature of it but so far it's it hasn't happened yet I know people that are just saying everything's going to be fine and this is, you know, this has happened and it's the end of the world. We've heard that before and, and they're just treating it. I, in fact, almost everyone in my life thinks everything is just going to be fine. So maybe I'm reading the wrong people um, and I'm too much. Uh, I, I don't know, but I, I, I hope I'm not reading for, for social unrest, but man, with 
people losing that $600 check recently and just all the unemployment and then just what the government's doing. Just, I don't know. Now they're trying to like make it to where inflation isn't going to happen or something. I don't know. It's, it, to me, it seems like a disaster, but it, I hope, I'm, obviously, I hope I'm wrong. I'm, I'm with you. I, I had to unfollow some guys. I, this MCT trader guy that I used to follow, I had to unfollow him. It's going down. You know, this is the top. This is the double diamond top or whatever the hell all these chart traders look at. And I'm like, he was just tweeting too much. It's going down. And I've been, I have some shorts that are lost most of their value. And I'm like, I still kind of agree with him because I do think, and he made this point, which I agree with, that markets are, they're not like, oh, it just goes up forever. It's like people price in that it's going up forever. Then the only real move is to the downside. Like once you agree that they're going to keep printing and not let the market go down, then that understanding gets priced in. It's not like markets exist. There's sort of that Heisenberg uncertainty principle. Like when you observe something, it changes the thing. So you can't know. It's, it's the idea that humans, I'm not explaining this very well, but like humans went by assuming something, as soon as you like assume that something's going to happen, the price goes up, but then that is priced in and it has to keep, you know, they have to keep printing money to sustain the situation. And when it hits the wall or they stop printing money or the money falls apart, it goes down. And so now we're in a stage where pretty much everybody believes that it's not going to go down, just like the real estate in 2006, nobody thought it could go down. So I, I think those guys are fundamentally right, but I had too many of them in my feed and it was, I felt like it was influencing me. Like, okay, it's going to go down this week, next week, coming up soon, it's going to go down. And I'm like, I had to unfollow him because I was like, I, that's unbalanced. And there's this guy, Puru Saxena, strange name, follow this guy. And he's long everything and he's making so much money. He's trading all the right stocks. All the stocks are blowing up. He's got a real process. It's very, like he lays it out on his feed, his process. And he's very transparent and he says all the stuff he's trading. And I, resp- I wrote something to criticize when I was posting. He was very friendly, responded. So I felt like I'm, I'm, I'm following him now because he's bullish. And I just want to have a balanced, I'm not saying I agree with him. I just want to have a smart, legitimate dude who's bullish in my feed and not just like all negative gloom and doom people. Oh, for sure. I like to try to get all sides. That makes total sense. I like that with the balance. Um, I'd be, uh, silver and gold is looking really good too. Um, but man, that would be very frustrating if that's the one that blows up. If you know, money goes away and not Bitcoin, because it just seems so impractical to me to store. No, hell yeah. No way. Just, yeah. Okay. Are you with me on that? But yeah, I, yeah. Um, I mean, look, I gold, I mean, gold, come on, man. We have gold. Why did, you know, if you read like these guys who really get into Bitcoin, why did gold win? Why is gold for 2,000 years or more, whatever long it is, been the money really in the world? There's been random fiats that came and went, but gold has always been money for a long time. Why did gold win? If you look at the history of money, it was like seashells. If you lived in the mountains, you couldn't get seashells. Your tribe that never made it to the sea. So the, the seashells. Well, durable, well, we'll get into it, but like seashells were the currency, right? For these, and it worked for a while, right? Like you couldn't get seashells. So a seashell represented bushels of wheat or a couple of cows or, you know, whatever, you know, it was worth whatever it was, a hundred dollar bill or whatever you want to call it. It was a seashell and different ones are worth different amounts. And they used these. But then of course, what happened was some Europeans came in on their ships, found out that like these people had goods they were taking seashells for and got a boatload of seashells and just took all their stuff. Right. Like, and that was the end of the seashells. So you had to, so, you know, they they went through iterations of this kind of stuff where it was like, it worked locally for a while, but then it got 
you know, basically counterfeited by, uh, it wasn't scarce. It was only scarce locally. It wasn't scarce. So they needed something scarce. And, and you know, seashells are pretty durable, but they needed something durable, right? You, need, you don't want to use apples. Oh, I'll pay you an apples. Well, you know, a week later, the apples are rotten and you need something durable and scarce. And, you, and so like, you know, eventually gold got settled because it was hard to get gold. You know, it's like a, mining gold is expensive and difficult. There's not that much of it on the earth that we know of. And so it worked, and it was portable. That's the other thing. It has to be portable. So you, you have to be able to, you could, you know, take a, heat it up and chop it into little pieces. So, okay, so that worked. That was like the, t- the technology to, re- to represent value, which is so important. Having money is so important. Without money, you're, you're fucked. I mean, I don't mean individually. I mean, as a society, you need a, 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 you know, a unit of account, a medium of exchange, all those things. But now we have a technology that basically has totally supplanted this thing. It's like so much better. And imagine if you wanted to send me gold in Portugal and, I'm, and you're in uh, California. How are you going to get me money? Right, exactly. No, I know this. This it's, uh, okay. So is that going to be? Is that then? then what, what is preventing then, then Bitcoin then from being? Is it just the, the the exchange rates though? Still, then is that the only barrier? No, I, I think to me the biggest barrier is like you're always like, well, okay, so it's on Coinbase. Well, how do I get on Coinbase? I, I got to get a wallet. Which wallet should I get? How do I use the wallet? I want to be very careful. I don't want to make a mistake. Storage for sure too. Dude. I mean, why can't it just be used as a currency? That right now there's so there's the fees, right? Like you couldn't do it for just like smaller purchases, right? Yeah. The fees yeah. wouldn't make sense. So the the reason you don't buy coffee with it is there's fees on chain, but also it's like there's only like one megabyte per block. So when they mine a block of all of the transactions every 10 minutes, it's only one megabyte. It, it wouldn't fit. If we used everybody's transactions, it would be terabytes of transactions every 10 minutes, you know, around the world, coffees and all this stuff. The problem with that is like, yeah, you, you can afford like a hard drive with a couple terabytes, you don't have a hard drive with quadrillions of and sending quadrillions of bytes of information. Nobody has it, so you'd have like some centralized person that would keep track, and then it would ruin the value proposition because that person could cheat or, you know, abscond with the money. So they have to keep it small so that everybody can download a note. Everybody can download a copy of the entire Bitcoin blockchain. Everybody can audit the entire chain because it's tiny. It's easy to put on a regular computer, and in order to do that, they can't have that much stuff on it. But what they're doing, which is brilliant, and it's like ready for prime time pretty much now, and this is what's going to blow up, is the Lightning Network, which basically, it's just like... Yeah, okay, yes, please explain that. So it's just, it's just like, you know, you... I mean, again, I'm not the best tech person to explain this, but you have a... Let's say you're betting with a bookie, right? And you, 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 have, you, know, you know the bookie well. And it's like anything less than two grand, nobody pays. So you're up 500, he doesn't pay you, you're up 700, or you get down 500, you get down 700. Until it gets to two grand, nobody actually pays. So it's the same thing. You put like two grand worth of Bitcoin in your, in your regular wallet, and you go and spend on coffees, and somebody buys you, gives you money and pays you back for something, and it's back and forth. And into that two grand, is, is and, and all those are not, first of all, there's better privacy. It's off the blockchain. It's just in sort of this lightning thing that's sending the Bitcoin back and forth to a lot of different people just for regular bets and purchases or whatever. And not well, until there you go. There's the solution. Okay. And, and not until you run out do you actually re-up taking it from the blockchain where you know on the base layer of Bitcoin. So you know, it, basically, a lot of people think it's just going to be stuff for real estate. Big transactions will be on the blockchain, and the littler transactions don't need to be so secure, right? If you had a hundred, it's like having a hundred bucks in cash in your wallet. Like 
you know, if you lose it, it sucks, but it's not that big a deal. You don't carry all your bank account in your wallet. You don't carry tens of the hundreds of thousands of dollars in your wallet when you go out. You know, you carry a hundred bucks, you know, and so you, you and, and you know, it's a risk that you could lose it or get robbed, but you're like, all right, I'm willing to, you know, that's the risk I'll take. And that's what lightning is. It's not going to be secure like your, you know, your cold storage wallet, but it's going to be not a lot of money. And then you just top, you know, every time you run out, you put a little bit more in and that's it. It's like going to the ATM. So, none of those purchases are going to be on the blockchain anymore. It's going to be layer two. Interesting. Okay. And I've read, I've seen lightning network, wasn't sure exactly what it was and always worried about that obvious hurdle. And there it is. Okay, cool. Good to know. All right. Then I don't see even that barrier is gone. Then. Yeah. Um, again, they're like, they're like Bitcoin's not any more and more popular too. Bitcoin's not competing with PayPal or visa. That's what lightning and those lower levels are going to compete with those things. They're competing with the central bank. If they're competing with the issuer of the currency, you know, the, the, they're, they're competing with the whole, the biggest base layer of the monetary system. And only on those next layers are, they're, they're working out like that stuff. I saw some like a few millions unaccounted for is probably gone forever. So the already limited supply is even smaller and there's really not even that much more to go too. So that's, that's interesting. You, you think they'll ever, they'll revisit that as far as the, the Never. minimum supply? No. It, it, no, algorithmically it's locked in. Well, I'm with you, bullish, uh, beginning of a bull run right now. Um, sticking with Twitter news, I just want to ask you about this. Uh, the Three Gorgeous Dam, I heard you mention it on the pod. I was I was definitely would have brought it up I was with you because I came across that thread on Twitter, and, I, and it was like just totally eye-opening and, and really worth worth checking out. And um, I was frustrated. I'm like, what, the rest of you know, the United States is the media is covering this zero, typical. This could be absolutely like world – altering. And then I passed the thread on to an engineering buddy of mine who works on um, dams and is a smart guy. And he, he came back to me and said, it was fear mongering. Um, right now it's limiting the flooding during a storm. It's exactly what it's supposed to do. It's like doing an economic analysis of a volcano erupted in San Francisco. It'd be catastrophic, but also impossible. So do you have any thoughts on this three gorgeous dam? Uh, he could be right. I didn't really look that deeply into it. I just saw a bunch of different sources. So you say, have seen a bunch. Okay, so not just that one thread that I'm assuming is the most popular. So you've seen a bunch that are, tr- are truly worried about the situation, I mean, right? But just because I saw a bunch doesn't mean that it's legit because a lot of, you know, sometimes like you'll, it happens in sports all the time, fantasy sports, where you get some news and then three different sources copy it or, you know, pass it on. And then you're like, oh, three different people said that this guy's might be out for the year. And then it turns out it's only one guy because they're all basing it off the original report. Yes. And then that report wasn't that well sourced. It was like somebody who knew somebody. And then it turns out to be exaggerated. So it it could be. The guys that I was following, one of them was a a Bitcoin guy, Marty Bent, I think tweeted about it. And uh, a couple other guys. So I thought, you know, those guys are legit, but they're not uh, engineers and they're not experts at that. And so they might have done what I did, which is saw someone else that they, you know, the same thing and been like, oh, shit, this is legit. I, I really didn't look into it. So that could be totally right. On the other hand, China is very good at suppressing, suppressing, informa- suppressing information. And a lot of our networks and stuff don't want to run afoul of them. There's business from their their corporate ownership has business there or they have ties and they're very sensitive about that kind of thing. So I don't know, but your friend's objection is, is it might be the case. Yeah. He is one. Yeah. One of the few friends I would actually trust on this uh, issue too. So by, um, but it's definitely a global news issue that everyone should be aware of because yeah, we don't even know. It's not like we have, we know truly what's going on and it looks like it'd be catastrophic if it does. 
uh, break. Uh, speaking of global news, man, so the bomb in Beirut, uh, thoughts on, on that? I mean, Jesus. Now, it was a bomb or an accident? Because I've seen that it's an accident. accident. Sorry. Well, yeah. I would have explosion. Yeah, expl- yeah, I was like, so, yeah, there was a hoax where they showed a little missile hitting it, and then someone said, no, that's, that's not true. Well, you know what's fucked up? And, like, the Gord- Three Gorges Dam is a small example of it, but... I saw literally saw a video where the missile hit the depot and it blew up, and then they're like, "No, that was doctored. That missile's not." They added that later, but like photo video evidence is not. It's not necessarily legit in 2020. Like you see a video of something and you're like, "Is this real?" Sometimes you'll see like some riots and people burning down something. You'll be like, "Oh my god!" And they're like, "No, dude, that's from 2016." And Bulgaria, that that video you saw, it's not in. There's like all the time people tweet out stuff. And it's really hard to know. So it's, it's disturbing. Apparently, there was a lot of uh, ammonium nitrate or whatever, which is explosive, stored somewhere in a very stupid place. And it went off and very serious. Lebanon's already in big trouble. Their economy's collapsed. Obviously, COVID is a problem there, too. So, Yeah, I, think there's, I, don't, I don't know. There might be more to that or something. I, who knows how true that is. But yeah. There's a, yeah, it was awful footage. And it came from everywhere. And just that mushroom cloud was just so scary. And it obviously injured thousands of people it was yeah. horrible um what else okay you you made a controversial tweet apparently it was controversial um about joe biden and man i mean just so condescending below just like the comments just well you, you you'll do better guys your part you, you take it away Liz. well so uh one thing is i'm really ashamed of myself i said the emperor has no clothes it's the emperor's new clothes is the n- title of that and sislowski pointed that out and i'm just okay. pissed because like i just i got the title wrong so that's embarrassing but, you know, the emperor's new clothes is this story while the emperor gets a new set of clothes and they're so beautiful. Oh, what, you're, you look so great in these clothes. Of course, he's naked and nobody wants to say. You know, that's the premise of it. It's like he's walking around naked and they're pretending like he has these amazing clothes on and nobody wants to, you know, because the emperor, a very powerful person and they're all invested in him. No one wants to say, dude, you're not wearing any clothes. So I said, you know, which work of fiction does Joe Biden's candidacy most resemble or something like that. And I was like, the emperor has no clothes, which is dumb. Emperor's new clothes. Uh, the Manchurian candidate where it's like this, I can't remember the entire movie, but it was like a, it was like a Russian plant as a candidate. And the other one was weekend at Bernie's. And the other one was none. He's, he's perfectly fine. And basically the responses to that poll, which got like 500 something votes, went into two camps. One was what work of fiction represents Trump apocalypse now, you know, like it's like just, Oh, whatever's on, you know, whatever's on the, it's better than whatever's on the Trump channel. You know, it was like, everyone's like, but what about Trump? That was the half of them. The other half is holy shit. 31% of people think there's nothing wrong with Biden. <laughs> okay. Like, like really, you think there's nothing wrong with him? That, those are just basically that you could really take the 20 responses and 10 of them were in each side. And, uh, it, it's fine. Look, I, if you want to make fun of Trump and do a, a fictional thing about Trump, go ahead. I mean, that's, that's fine. I, to me, it's not interesting because for five years, everyone in the world just dunks on Trump all day. And the media has been doing it for five years. That is a story, but it's, it's a story that's been told lamely and too many times. The Biden story. And one guy was like, he was, I, I was like, so I said, you know, I don't, you know, good luck finding an original angle on Trump if you want to do this. And one guy goes, oh, like Biden's dementia, that's so original. And I was like, it's not that he, it's not that he has cognitive issues. That's not original to point that out. It's that many, many people and everybody in the legacy media is acting as if those issues don't exist. Like they're just proceeding like everything's fine. What I think is really happening is that 
they needed to beat Bernie desperately. They had to beat Bernie in March. They just had to. And there was only one guy who could beat him. If everybody dropped out and endorsed Biden and Elizabeth Warren took the money and stayed in and kept, you know, the super PAC dark money kept her in. She didn't ask questions. Split the progressive vote with Bernie, so he didn't do it that well. And then Biden gets all of the centrist vote, and he wins. So there was a brilliant idea. They, they get Biden in there. They get, you know, they get a person who will do their bidding, basically. They probably would have rather had Mayor Pete. He would have been a way better candidate. Or even Amy Klobuchar, any of them would have been a better candidate. But Biden's the only guy who had that sort of, he's Obama's VP. Obama's still popular. Boom. They get him. They, they execute it. Now they got a different problem. Now they're stuck with Biden. That is all there. But like the worst case scenario was Bernie would win because Bernie is worse than Trump for those people. Trump keeps them in their job, keeps CNN doing the outrage porn. It keeps all the consultants around. It keeps the swamp. But if Bernie's there, it's, it's worst case. So they do, they go all in to beat Bernie. They, they pull it off. But now they're fucked. But what are they going to do? They have to act like it's legit. It's like OJ, right? When he got acquitted, he had to say, Oh, I'm going to find the real killers. It's my quest to find the real killers. The Democratic Party has to pretend that the emperor has clothes. But everybody who watches these videos is like, the dude's naked. Just, just today, he did a video. I mean, dude, he, he's going to be removed. He can't just go on like this. Okay, so not only it's um, looking at an updated poll, 27% said none, he's just fine. And then the other tweet I was actually talking about is that you said, you know, no, 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 who will win? Uh, but but you're confident that Biden will not be serving in that capacity a year from now. And just the response is below, you know, a blue checker says, oh, other than, pen, than the pandemic, this is pretty normal. And it's just a lot of responses like that. I, I just people just aren't paying attention, I guess, is what I'm getting after. It feels like it's just they just think that that's a, um, a Trump ploy that he's, um, you know, dementia and it's and it's a media thing or whatever. And everything's normal. That's that's to me. I did not realize that their segment was so great. That, uh, that it was my takeaway guy, the blue check who I was going back. That's Michael. Sure. That's a, a guy. I know, a friend of mine from L.A. who I used to play softball with um, and poker with. So I know that guy, but he's a Democratic guy and he believes that. Right. So. But I guess what I'm saying is to be sort of a Democratic partisan, you just need to sort of believe that. So you have to believe. Okay, sure. I guess. Okay. All right. I guess. Yeah, I'm not arguing that. But either either way, I guess I'm just surprised that there's that 30 percent of the people responded. None. He's just fine in your poll. I mean, yeah, that's people are shocked. They're like, you know, the the nonpartisans were like, dude, really? 30 percent. And so to deflect and say, well, what about Trump? We hate Trump. Okay, that's fine. But that's not what I was asking. I'm not talking about Trump. Right. You know, okay. Criticizing Biden is not the same as defending Trump. I don't course, care. I, it's not even... It's, it, 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 too, then it's not even worth talking. Yes. Okay. I, I, that was not what I was referring to. But they all just, oh, yeah, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. You know, they're so mad. You know, it's like, we must get Biden. Who cares about how demented he is? It's like, dude. Yeah. I'm almost, so, anytime you make that, you should just have like a, an asterisk and be like, I don't, I hate the orange man too, or something, or this is not an endorsement of bad orange man or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just like, it, it's crazy. It's okay to separate the two, man. They feel they've been so whipped up into a frenzy. That's why the nutless monkey made a tweet and said, you know, people, people making jokes about Biden's faculties don't realize how high the stakes are. This is literally life and death. That's what people think. Like we'll die if he wins. We're all going to die. This is, if you vote Biden, it'll save us. If you vote Trump, it'll kill us. That's, that's their mentality. So they, they just, if, you, if you've been led to believe that or you've decided to believe that, and then you, you see like somebody joking about Biden being obviously unfit and unable, 
you're going to be like, well, no, you know, you're going to immediately react. Like, what do you mean? He's unable. The other guy's worse. You know, it's just, there's no way for them to just like, but what I'm trying to say, it's like the emperor's new clothes. It's like, dude, he has no clothes. Just tell the truth. Right. Right. I got you. And, 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 and truth shouldn't be mediated by your political views, right? It should be about what's actually true. And this is just an impossible thing. But after the thing he said today, I, I don't think he's going to make it to the election. I mean, I think if you can fade Biden in some election betting, I mean, take that all day. He is, he's not going to make it. He's not there. Did you see when he accused the reporter of doing cocaine? He didn't accuse him, but he's like, imagine if, if I said yeah, you did so. cocaine. It was just crazy. It was like, it was, it was so, like and then he couldn't finish. He hasn't it. been seen out of his house in like a week too. Dude, it is, but, yeah. but, but here's the thing that I think is really going on is I think the Democratic Party is shitting its pants right now and they're just sitting here going, Well, the Fuck. VP choices are they're choosing the president. I mean, is that what's happening? I mean, what, I mean, what to make of that? I think they didn't make the choice. This is just a total hypothesis. Could be completely wrong. I was thinking maybe they didn't make the choice because when Biden has to step down, his choice will be knocked out with him, right? Like who wants to be the VP chosen by the guy who is then unfit? How does, how does the VP keep the job? It would be Biden choosing the VP and then he's unfit. So you were chose by an unfit person. So I think okay, they just wouldn't it be you'd you'd be the most likely vice president to immediately become president? Isn't that another way of looking at that? But you're not president, right? You're just the VP nominee. If the president stopped, right? But if if Biden wins and is well, not fit a month into the presidency, yes, that, yes. But I think this is again a hypothesis. They're looking at what we're looking at, and they're thinking. He's not going to make it to the finish line. Ninety more days, and there's going to be way more scrutiny as it gets closer. He's going to have to debate. debate. It's debates too. Well, I mean, well, they're, they're, already, they're already making the case. The New York Times, you well, shouldn't well, no, debate Trump. Totally, yes, yeah. They're, they're making. They're putting the seed out there that it's not. Uh, that, that, that basically this making it defensible. Right. So what they're trying to do is two. They're doing two prong thing. One, lay the groundwork to hide him if necessary. Two, how do we get out of this? You know because. They have to have an exit strategy. They, they just needed to beat Bernie, and it, was, it had to be Biden, and they pulled it off. Now they're stuck with this guy. Probably early on, they were hoping he could pull it together and, and just get to the presidency, and they'd figure it out then. But now they realize that he's running out of gas, and, it, and it's too far from the finish line. He's running the marathon. He's at mile 18, and he just, you know, he's starting to stumble. And there's too much distance to go. So what the hell did they do? Well, they float out hiding him, because maybe that'll work. People hate Trump a lot, and you know, he, he could maybe just win on, on that if he just disappears from the race and it's Trump versus Trump. Uh, second, they've got to have a contingency plan. They've got to figure out what do we do to get this guy out. And I think that like, like these people who are just pretend, and, and, and three, like they're acting like it's totally normal, but they know it's not normal. They're just like, no, of course it's normal, but they know this is an emergency. But it's just like OJ, like, what do you do when you're acquitted? You say, oh, I got to find the real killers. Of course you have to say that. That's what you would do if you were innocent. If you're really fucked up and you, and you just had to get rid of Bernie and you got this guy nominated, you'd have to act like it was legit. You would have to. That's all you could do. And they're doing that. But they are behind the scenes, in my opinion. It's a hypothesis. Holy shit, what are we going to do? And they have some kind of plan, obviously. They've got people sitting around gaming this out. It's just rapidly increased, like, is what you're saying. You don't think they realized with the person they were backing no, at the time. No, I think they did. No, I think they knew. I think they knew. I think he was their only, he was the only guy that low-information voters would get behind because he was Obama's VP. He was the famous guy. People knew him. 
That he was the only. They were like, "Can we get everyone to vote for Buttigieg? Buttigieg? No. Can we get everyone to vote for Klobuchar? No. Nobody really knows who she is. No. The only guy we can get in there to beat Bernie is Biden. We have to do it. We can't let Bernie win. Okay, fine. They put all their in. It was a very smart strategy. Now they got another problem, and they knew they would have this problem. And they did this, and they're fucked. And they knew he. They were probably hoping he would do better than he has, and they're realizing this guy doesn't have the goods. This is a real problem. And what do you do when, you know, you replace him with somebody and the Bernie voters are like, hey, excuse me, we're number two. And you kind of did the shenanigans on Super Tuesday to get rid of our guy. And now you're just appointing somebody. Yeah, I know. So what, what is your prediction? Um, you hate predictions, but I'm curious. But this, I mean, what, again, it's going to happen. I'm not, I, mean, I don't, can't, you're right. It's not going to, I'm with you. I don't think it's, so it's not even going to get to the debate stage. There, something's going to happen backstage and they're just going to have to, and replacement, right? I mean, if he gets on the debate stage and is absolutely senile, I think that's, uh, you know, that's pretty bad. You know, it's pretty embarrassing. And I don't know if they can recover from that. Maybe they're just going to let him do it and they'll replace him after everyone sees that they have to replace him. But I guess I predict that they, at at a certain point, I, I guess I would predict one of two things. They either don't debate and they just hope that, the fallout from not debating and Trump just going to town on like, this guy can't even get out of debate. It's ridiculous. You know, that that is weatherable, which I don't know if it would be or two, they just flat out replace him. They just say, you know, he's having some health issues. They've been a parent and you know, he was elected by the people who respect their will. But obviously when a, when a person is obviously it's a risk for everybody, we all get older and it's, it's sad, but we have to, he's voluntarily stepping down for the good of the country. I, mean, I think that's, I, I don't think he's going to, if he makes it to the finish line, it's because he hid from the debates. Yeah, no, that's, that's a fair assessment. I would give you a hard time for being so certain from, you know, early on that he was never going to be the nominee, but how it happened, it seems quite unfair. <laughs> oh, I thought he had no chance. I mean, they pulled some shenanigans and got him in there, but I was like, oh, I'm wow. It's unfair. It's unfair to, to No, I mean, it, it, there's, I shouldn't have been certain, and I'm not certain now. I shouldn't have been certain because it's the Democratic Party, right? So it's like politics is so dirty. You really shouldn't be. It'd be like being sure that like one football team is going to beat another when the game is totally fixed. It's like you can't be that certain in that situation. Um, all right. Got anything else? Uh, I have a couple sports things run by you. Have anything else on your mind before? Yeah, I got a couple things. Just some funny stuff. First off, my baseball teams, I'm actually, I was one point behind you, but now Taiwan Walker and Mike Miner are getting shelled. So you're probably way ahead now. Uh, but heading into this, I was a point behind you. Let me take a look at the live standings. So it's close, but I think your strategy was better. I'm only half a point behind you in the live standings. But I think your pitching strategy was the right way to go this year. Pitching is just so hard to come by. Um, I think uh, if I were to do it again, I would have done that. I should have just taken Bieber in round two instead of Devers or DeGrom instead of Bellinger. Those first two picks, I, I had two really good. I should have taken them both, to be honest, but it is what it is. But football... I got, I got some good I'm, – I'm looking forward to our football league. You know I have those receivers, right? But Ronald Jones just got named the starter, and Jarek McKinnon is looking healthy. And so, like, my, my guys had good news this week for that squad. Yeah, I'm in too many leagues to remember exactly which one I have in football. But baseball, yeah, I'm at a slow start in the main event. Team's pretty frustrated with some pitchers getting shelled, like I alluded to my two Houston guys and Blake Snell. I mean, it's, it's, it hasn't been – ideal start and just a battle of attrition with the at-bats on offense um but yeah and I, I agree that i think the but it's funny you say that though the pitcher injuries have been insane um batting average way down strikeouts up uh but um yeah i mean i guess if scherzer's injury is not serious and in general i am 
uh, going to continue to do that pitching heavy strategy. But um, yeah, it's been fun to watch the games, but it's been a little crazy. But football, okay, good to good to hear a couple things. I had notes just written down. Um, I believe you guys were discussing an XM extra innings. Did you figure that out? How that's ruled in extra innings? It's an unearned run because it's, it's it's treated as if a, uh, the runner was just reached on an error. The ruling? Did you oh, I, I didn't. I didn't know that. No, I, didn't, I never okay. followed up with that. Okay. I saw that you guys were talking about this. Yeah. Let's tell you, it's yeah. treated as an unearned Couldn't run. Know. It's as if they reach on an error. Um, and from football thing, a I guess it looks like there's kind of a week as far. I mean, it's opt outs if you're looking for some some headlines, right? Has, uh, did the deadline pass actually as we were talking? Yeah, Josh Doxson was the only one to opt out. Yeah. All right. Okay. So no opt out. That's good. Um, and a couple things you have uh, off on our our bets. Um, I, you, I heard you talk a couple times about Marquise Brown versus DJ Moore. I actually not only is that not the bet, it's Marquise Brown versus Godwin. I oh. actually have DJ. I have DJ Moore in a bet against you and Beckham. So you really had. A- oh, okay, okay, okay. Get some great right. <laughs> that's right. No, but I thought I didn't. So I never did it. I don't have DJ Moore in a bet against you. No, no, you have a, a DJ Moore. Uh, I get against. All right, all right. Opposite. All right, I feel better about that. Okay, I feel better about that. So it's Godwin against Marquise. And by the way, Mar- Marquise Brown looks better since we had that bet because he gained that muscle. Yeah, no, now, he had gained the muscle already, but I love how everyone's catching up. But that's, uh, well, that's I didn't know that. And I saw that, and it's, fun, it's, it's hilarious to, to find. <laughs> I was early on football more than usual. I get it. But it's, it's, it's yes. But that was the same situation while I was arguing on this podcast literally a month ago. I said he, put, he was weighed 160, and now he weighs 180, and all that stuff. I was saying a month ago, but, but, uh, but now it's more convincing to you than I was. <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, I still would, you know, take Godwin way over him and I'm still fine with the bet, but, but I'm, I'm, I moved him from like 32 to like, you know, 23 or something like that because, right, right, right. because he is a second year, ridiculously fast guy. Who's the clear number one receiver. And at 185, you know, then he's more like Tyree Hill or Antonio Brown size. He's not Deshaun Jackson, JJ Nelson size, you know, the Deshaun Jackson, JJ Nelson guys, they can't get more than 100 targets, you know, so there's just no real ceiling for them. But, you know, 185 is enough to, to you know, to be a workhorse. We'll see if he can hold up, but it's... Yeah, no, it's probably, yeah I know. Who, who knows? But just to be clear, that's literally the exact argument I gave on this podcast. Okay. Was, was, All right. Yeah, and, well, and just completely on deaf ears. <laughs> well, no. Moving him up because he gained some weight. I'm like, really? He gained some weight? Uh, <laughs> uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire news as well uh, got him in a few leagues. And this is frustrating because they got... I gave Jerry Donabini a hard time because he's like, you clowns who got him in the late second and third now look smart or whatever. I'm like, dude, I had him in the first all along. Now I'm not going to get credit for what Well, no, but you... You, you didn't take him in the first in our league. You could have if you were well, a real man. Like the sixth pick or whatever. I would have. Who'd you take? You took Joe Mixon. Yeah. I have, I have, I have Clyde Edwards Hilaire ahead of Joe Mixon right now. Yeah, absolutely. I do. I have him fourth. I have him ahead of Camara. Yeah. I don't have him ahead of Camara, but I have him, I have him sixth overall, right behind Michael Thomas. And, you know, I was like, I said in the solo. Really take a, why would you take a receiver over running back in today's landscape? And why are you taking Michael Thomas over Devontae Adams? Because he had a better season last year. Like, I don't, I don't understand that. Dude, dude had 250 targets and still didn't score 10 touchdowns. And everything broke Devontae Adams' way in the offseason, whereas New Orleans brought in Emmanuel Sanders. Jared Cook was hurt the first half last year. Drew Brees is 45, and you don't even like Drew Brees. You have Drew Brees ranked 20th or something. Yeah. So why are you taking Michael Thomas, A, over any of these running backs that are so rare, and B, over Devontae Adams? There's this rule that we play with in the NFFC, actually. It's called... Point per reception. Point per reception. Okay, a great catch, a historical catch rate you're paying for last year. All right, okay. 
no, last year was not the historical catch rate. It was the year before that he broke the record. The last three years, his catch rate has been the top three of all time. If you look at the all-time catch rates among receivers, including Jerry Rice and Randy Moss and Wes Welker and whoever stands catches short passes, so it's easier even, Michael Thomas is like 85, 83, and 82 the last three years, and the next guy is like Welker at like 79. He is in a class by himself at the catch rate. So this is not like a fluke that he caught 149 passes. This is what he does. And he's at his very peak, never misses games. The year before, he caught 125 passes. You know, you're like, well, Breeze is old. You know that Breeze only played nine of the games last year where he set the all-time record. Teddy Bridgewater was the other QB, and and Jameis Winston is the the backup. So they have like a real backup. Yes, he's not going to score touchdowns. I didn't project him for his man. I only gave him eight touchdowns. I gave Devontae Adams more. But I gave Michael Thomas 119 catches. It's a projection. Is that too high? PPR PPR certainly helps out. No, I'm not going to say. PPR, I mean. He's awesome. And the problem is, if you we used to play football when I was like, on the AstroTurf on the roof of our uh, school when I was a kid. We had to go to recess. And there was this one dude. We used to play two completions as a first down. And this one dude, is, he did this shovel pass. He was like a quarterback, but he had the shovel pass. And it was just so cheap. He would always get the two completions, and they would just move down the field. And I'd be like, this is stupid. Like, and I was always annoyed by it. That's how I feel about Breeze and Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas stands like eight feet from Breeze, catches the ball, never makes a big play, three 40-yard catch, only 17 20-yard catches last year on 185 targets. It's like ridiculous. He never makes a big play, but he catches everything, and it's PPR. You know, I'm just playing for, to the rules, man. I'm not... I'm not yeah. really, I don't like, I hear you. That, that, and it doesn't help Breeze. You're like, oh, you have Breeze 20th. Yeah, because this is only receiver that he throws to, and it's not going to make Breeze, Breeze doesn't get point per uh, completion, right? It's, it's PPR. That's all it really is about. Yeah, I think you're too low on Breeze, and I've normally, yeah, I mean, I've normally been down on him, the old guys that upside who don't run, but that dude is just such a good setup. You know, uh, do you know what Drew Breeze's touchdown to interception ratio was in the second half last year in eight games? I'll say it was 20 to 1. 22 to 1. <laughs> you know, it's, it's great when I try to crap on your point, and it's still... Yeah, and he's still better. 22 to 1 and one rushing touchdown even in the second half. It's ridiculous. But anyway, okay, yeah. I mean, Michael Thomas is amazing. I carry you the PPR, but opportunity cost to me, um, I would just take a running back. At, uh, I would even, yeah, I, I'm just taking running back in the, in the first round. But And I personally have Devontae Adams ranked ahead of him too because I feel like it's just, don't just base... Uh, draft off last year's numbers but I it's not last year it's the last three years it's the last three years combined of what he does the catch rate it's like it's and breeze is I, I, okay the most I repeat these things jared yeah. cook was hurt the first half last year was a lot more involved the second half they brought in emmanuel sanders come on Emmanuel uh, sanders 33 years oh, old sorry so traquan smith claims he's getting better and camara suffered that high ankle sprain and was a way different option as a receiver career low yards per catch so i think those things could all cut into a little bit as target share is out of control Right. So I gave him 185. I mean, at 185 last year, I gave him 156 this year. I, I docked him 29 targets from I, last year. I'm not even arguing against Michael Thomas. He's awesome. I just think that the opportunity cost. Um, I, I feel like running back. Here's my, here's my point is I would take Camara over him or Zeke or Barkley or McCaffrey, even though Thomas is the safest player on the board because those guys are so ridiculous. But They're not Sin Drake or Miles Sanders. Of course not. Yeah. I mean, they all have, those guys aren't there. They, yeah. The upside's there because they're running backs and running backs have the most upside, but 
I, their floors are way lower. So that, you know, that's where I drew the line. And, and I was agonizing over Dalvin Cook or Thomas in that league because I actually picked fifth. And I was like, Dalvin Cook, he's got the shoulder thing. He was unhappy about his contract. I'll just, I'm just going to go with, uh, with Thomas there. And, you know, you could go Mixon. You could go Chubb. You could go Miles Sanders. You can go Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the guy who would now be weighing against Thomas. But, you know, he's still a rookie, and we don't know for sure what the workload will be. I mean, Kareem Hunt got quite a workload as a rookie, and that was with Alex Smith. I mean, imagine the offense with Pat Mahomes there. But I could see a case for Edwards-Hilaire, and I might even move him ahead of Thomas. But not the mix-ins and cooks. That's, that's where I draw the line. Yeah, I like um, DeAndre Washington now as a, one of my top backups um, for sure. But, um, yeah, I'm just willing to take that, the risk of the running back. But I hear you mixing, obviously, a lower floor and Drake. Like you said, his own coach, you know, has benched him a few times. I, one, I just made an actual case for this in a, in a tight end ADP column. I would personally – I'm picking a running back. There's just no question about it. But I would personally consider Kittle over a receiver to – I think he could just be you – know, have one of those monster seasons like we've talked about the – the Garoppolo and that defense is going to regress and no Debo Samuel um, Kittle, definitely an injury risk. And you normally would say, you know, tight ends don't get enough target. You know, he was fourth, and you say blocks. Well, you know, he was fourth in target share other than Hopkins Adams and Michael Thomas last year. And uh, you talked about 20 yard catches. He leads the NFL in 20 yard catches the last two seasons. Um, so yeah, he had as many touchdowns as like Kelsey last year and missed two games and led the NFL in three called back touchdowns. So I don't know. I could see Kittle actually is like a mid second. If he would fall, he'd be the one guy I'd consider other than running back early. What are your thoughts on that? Crazy. I don't think it's crazy, but I don't like the target share argument on a low volume game. I mean, it just should be targets, right? Target share is kind of like, well, he got a large share, but like, it's not worth as much as a you know, a slightly smaller share on a prolific passing team. I mean, the number is the number, right? He got like 115 targets. It's not that much. Did he miss a game or two, though? So he might have had like 130. Yeah, he two. yeah, yeah okay. He so I might have had like 130. So he would have been closer to Ertz and Kelsey in targets. But, and he's really good. I mean, he's a huge per play guy. It's kind of a weird thing, but well, you know, he led the NFL in yards per route run by a mile. Yeah, no, he's 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 the Gronk. He's including Gronk two point He's Gronk, I mean, including wide receivers. No, I know so. Gronk used to get nine something yards. I mean, Gronk I think has the most career yards per target of like anybody. I think, but uh, one thing, uh, and maybe this is anecdotal, but it makes me worry about his upside. Do you remember that game where he had like two hundred yards in the first half? And, and he, he, was, he, was, he would have broken the record and easily. And didn't get him another yard. So frustrating. Shanahan claims he didn't know about it till afterward, but yeah, so but frustrating. It, it, that just sums it up a bit. It's like this guy could be seventeen touchdowns and fifteen hundred yards and a hundred catches, but I just don't think they're going to give it to him that much. They're just. It's just. I don't know what it is. It's just like that. That game. You're like, oh my god, he's got the record almost in the first half. This is going to be epic. And then they didn't give him the ball. Yeah, I, I wrote the article and went up, and then like that night or the day of, they, they signed Jordan Reed. So then I get the trolls on Twitter saying, "Not even the best tight end on his own team." So it was fun, but um, yeah. the uh, I don't know. I, I, uh, I, I'm just going running back heavy. And Clyde Edwards, I don't know if it's Elair or Hilaire. I like the Fresh Prince of Hilaire better, but I guess it's Elair. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm going to be all over him, but now everyone's going to be all over him. So whatever. But I, I still am going to be as aggressive as anyone in the industry ranking him fourth, you know, right behind the big three. But um, we'll see. But I, I hope I'm glad I got him in a few rotowire. OCs early on in the summer. Um, what else did I was gonna ask you about uh, football? I think that's pretty much it. Oh, the Seahawks. Uh, yeah, that Seahawks trade. I guess so not much. What else? Anything else going in, in football that you can think of? The Seahawks made that move. Uh, Jamal Adams. Uh, one thing I just want to say about the people don't talk about when, when, when in examining that. I guess it was like the equivalent of giving up the number one or number two pick, but. 
just like I'm saying with, with running back and opportunity cost, that meant they're not re-signing Jadavian Clowney. So to me, I thought that was a uh, was good news if you're a Niner fan. But uh, people don't talk about like what like the opportunity costs enough. But Clowney's the one guy remaining out there and no opt out. So uh, did I miss anything in, in, in football list? A lot of COVID players in Detroit. I was just gonna dump on Sam Darnold. Like he's in year three now of his rookie deal, and they get rid of Jamal Adams right during your year three. You got to start delivering on that rookie deal at the number three overall pick, and he's gone. Their best player is gone. Like they're basically giving up on this year. Yeah, they're gonna get draft picks. They got plenty of value for him for the future. And but, he has Gase in that final year of the contract too. Yeah, That's the thing. And, and so you're, you're basically Darnold's gonna be in year four, but you know, and they're just gonna get these draft picks. You know, sometimes they do something right away, but. If he's even like league average this year or better, you're going to be like, oh, sweet, we got Darnold. But then, you know, he's going to be full price by the time they're contending. They just ruined the pick. It's just there's no point in even taking him. Now, what are you going to play full mark? He'd have to be so ridiculously good. He'd have to be better than like current Matt Ryan or something like that to to be worth signing. So they just wasted that. It's a terrible... I, don't know, I just I like dumping on the Darnold pick. You know, meanwhile Barkley is you know cranking along. He's still super young, but you're right; those years still count. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, like yeah, he might even be developed. That's good, but yeah, the the, the way to win in the NFL right now is to get a cheap yeah back like Goff, and the way not to win is then follow through by re-signing Goff for right. massive contract. So, so um, yeah, so yeah, no Darnold. That is a, yeah, that's a bad situation. That trade starting. That trade was a capitulation on Darnold's career. Almost it seems like it's like, dude, this year three, you got nothing for that pick. Now you're giving away year three with your best player gone. You're, you're kicking the can down to year four. I mean, that's just, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I got you. I'll let you go crap on Darnold anytime. I think they have five new offensive starter linemen too. Maybe that's not a bad thing because it's not last year, but, um, but um, yeah. Uh, all right, man. Good. So actually I have one thing to bring up. Speaking of COVID, um, yeah. I actually do. So real quick. Uh, so if you, do you have any news on that? And what I've read is um, some interesting stuff on like they did T cell reactivity how it might have just a, like like we've discussed, uh, just some natural protection for just some g- group of the population. And um, I don't know if you've read much about the T cell stuff, and that's some encouraging results. And my second question to you: This might you can delete this if you want, but how much money would it cost for you to take the vaccine when it comes available? You know, obviously, going to look at reports. If the reports are really good. Okay, great. Let some people take it if they want to. Hopefully, everybody takes it eyes open, knowing. This is the fastest anyone's ever approved a vaccine. I think let's get honest reports about the reactions. There's going to be a lot of burying any sort of, you know, if anyone says, oh, my God, I got so sick, I've got, I can't get out of bed now after taking that, that they'll be like, that's a crazy person. They're a Trump supporter. They don't, you know, they, something. There'll be something about them that they disqualify those reports. So we're going to get a war about that. You know, the hydrochloroquine, that's still a war, right? There's a war of whether that's a thing or not. And totally. it's hard to find answer. There's going to be a war about the vaccine. In general, vaccines have been miraculous for humanity, but there's also side effects to them. And, you know, you, you, you don't want to take them willy-nilly. You want to take the, you know, the ones that have been proven and, and that are safe. And so I would be very reluctant to take the for-profit vaccine until uh, there was a decent amount of long, you know, reasonably medium-term uh, effects studied, uh, you know, in people. And, well... You know, that sounds cruel, like you're going to let other people be the guinea pig? Well, no, I think they should be only if they choose to. So a lot of them are more scared of the virus than the vaccine, and so they would, they would you know, willingly take their chances with it, and good for them. And I'll, hopefully it's perfect, and they, 
you know, they can't catch it and they feel amazing and there's no side effects and great, then I'll get, I'll be first in line, man. You know, no problem. If I'm satisfied about that, but if I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not going to just, I'm not going to be the guinea pig for, for whatever, you know, massive for-profit company is, is going to get, make so much money on this. The other thing I saw was there was a hydrochloroquine study, and again, it could be bullshit. I don't know. There's so much partisanship where they looked at all the countries that outlawed it and all the countries that gave it. Um, and it was like there were 2.2 million billion people who their countries used it and 666 million in the countries that pretty much don't use it. And the death rate was like 70% higher in the countries that don't use it. And he went through all the reasons why there was some noise in that and, you know, countries aren't uniform. And, and he went through it and he said all these things could be the age, like, you know, say Africa, the, uh, the average age in Africa is a lot younger than in the U.S. or Europe. But he said in France, you know, they used it. I don't know. He goes through the whole thing. And he, and he says, well, you know, so the reason the, the death rates could be lower in Africa is because most there's just more younger people there. It might not be from HQ, but it wouldn't explain this much of a disparity. Like they adjusted it for age or whatever. Anyway, it's, I, I tweeted it out. It's an interesting article. Again, there's so much partisanship around this issue that I, I can't, you know, I can't vouch for it. But I definitely thought it was uh, persuasive and written in a way that was very non-political. It was just very like, look, here's what here's what could be a confounding factor for this study. So I saw what you said on that, on that, and it said, yeah, I don't know what to believe. Um, all I'll just say is that every, yeah, and every person in every situation is different, and there absolutely should be people that should be to the front of the line for the vaccine. But uh, it will be frustrating, frustrating of how inevitably it will be politicized. Um, but regardless of that, I've just come across some 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 doctors cautioning, if you can, you know, wait at least five years in this to well, take. Five, yeah, five years. Yeah, that's like the time it takes to like say, okay, this is safe. So, I mean, and it's selfish, but like, look, COVID could kill me or you. I mean, it could. The statistics would say it's unlikely. And I would probably just take my chances of getting sick and hopefully not getting sick, but take my chances and quarantine and do what I have to do. If I were sick, uh, then take an unproven vaccine, which could have any million different side effects and, and until it's proven safe. But the scary thing is, let's say they get the vaccine. And some preliminary trials seem good. And of course, they're going to be very motivated. And even if there's some people having weird effects, they'll say, oh, someone had a headache or someone had a rash or, you know, it's not a big deal. It's very safe, whatever. They, 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 they push this thing through. I'm, you know, this may be paranoia, but they're like, you can't get on a plane unless you show that you've been vaccinated or you can't do X. You know, they start to have things where it's like you... And I don't know, I showed you that clip from the movie Naked from 1992, Michael Lee movie. It's a great movie. And he's like, you know, he's quoting Revelations. He's like, you can't transact without the number of the beast, you know, and it's like this chip. He's like, in your flesh, there'll be a chip. And you can't, if you don't have the chip, you can't transact business. This whole prophecy, it's, it's a DuckDuckGo, the movie Naked, and the whole uh, prophecy uh, scene. It's very good. Anyway, it makes me nervous that you like have to have this proven vaccine that has a chip that says you've been vaccinated or whatever to do anything. It, it's going to be a way of saying, well, th- these diseases are so dangerous and you're a threat because you could spread it if you don't have the vaccine. They're going to make people, I don't know, I don't think they're going to, but I could see a scenario where people oh. are so scared that if my neighbor is not taking this shit, then like at first it's like, oh, my kids don't play with them. But then it's like, but they could infect someone else and it, it's dangerous and there could be another virus. And, you know, this is kind of dystopian shit. It's scary. Whole another can of worms. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, 
All right, man. Actually, one more on a high note here. Let's one more final thing. Actually, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring it up to you, Liz. Uh, an eyewitness put a Clinton on Epstein Island, huh? An eyewitness put Bill Clinton on an Epstein Island, and there was crickets. Right? He was there. Apparently, the woman, her, the witness, said that there were orgies going on, and he was involved in them. And nobody cares. Nobody really cares. Hillary's still tweeting away, tweeting away about politics. Well, you know, Ted Bell's got a whole thing coming about how the, all the stuff's coming out about Russiagate, and that's not looking good for those guys either. Tweeting away, no big deal, nobody cares, nobody wants to report about it, some fringe Republican outlets are carrying it, maybe Fox is carrying it. Nobody you know that, like, I saw a clip of, they asked Clinton about Epstein in like 2014 or something, and he's like, yeah, I know him a little bit, but that, that, that poor guy is going to deal with some big, big problems coming up. He's got some real issues dealing with his with his eye. Like he knew he was going to get indicted or whatever. Like he, he like clearly the way he said it, it was really interesting. Oh, speaking of which, is he t- Tommy G banned from Twitter since we last talked? Yeah, well, you mentioned that he got it was just when he was getting uh, okay, I did, the, right, the bank robbery story going on him. That yeah, was just happening. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think he's popped up with a different name, but anyway, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, going on, but yeah, I forgot. I had to, had to mention that. Yeah. That story is just getting, uh, pretty much Fox news here and there. And then all the other, I've even saw a graphic showing how much has been talked about and throughout the different, uh, media. And it's just pretty much zero. All right, man. Uh, good stuff. Um, yeah, nice, nice chatting with you. I like, love the solo pod. Well done. Thank and, you. um, yeah. And, uh, good catching up and I don't have much. Uh, well, only recommendation is, uh, t- if you have kids, a TV show, Bluey is uh, clever. The dad's awesome. And, uh, yeah, if you have kids, Bluey, I would recommend. Is that good for Sasha at age eight? Bluey? Yeah. My, yeah. My daughter's seven. She likes it. So okay. yeah. Yeah. Bluey. It's pretty, I'm cool. trying to, uh, it's, it's decently written. Most TV kids shows are trash, but Bluey, Bluey's pretty solid. I can't wait to get a start on Rick and Morty, but you know, it's like two more, I need like two, three years before I can do that. But that right. I've been watching those. They're so good. It is such a good show. I, I'm like blown away how good it is. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's definitely clever. Yeah, for sure. No, it was, it was a good, it's a good show. It's still going. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Good times, Les. Take it, take it easy, Don. Later.